Hi, my name is Kevin Ward and I am the Human Geography Editor of the Royal Geographical Society Institute of British Geographers Wiley Blackwell Published Book Series. Today I'm in conversation with Mark Whitehead of Aberystwyth University about his book State, Science and the Skies, Environmental Governmentality and the British Atmosphere. So welcome Mark. Thank you. If I could first of all talk a little bit about the context for the book. It's really cast in the context of contemporary debates around the political capacities and competencies of states to manage environmental issues. Contemporary themes and issues around Hurricane Katrina, the Gulf Coast oil spill and even the debates in Copenhagen recently over climate change have all raised questions about how and to what extent can states be entrusted with different forms of environmental care. In this book, I thought a useful way of considering why we think of states as being important environmental actors may lie in their past and in their formation. And it's in this context that my book really explores the historical emergence of something called the environmental state, or a state that seeks to govern the environment. Focusing explicitly on British um, environmental policy, and more specifically um, atmospheric pollution, it seeks really to chart the emergence of something you could call an environmental state. To put a bit more context into the book, let me talk about one epistemological issue and two empirical issues that really framed and led me into this volume. First of all, epistemologically, I was really interested in the role that the air and certainly atmospheric issues played in the formation of the 19th century state. A lot had already been written around the, the role of water and the management of water resources in state formation. But to my mind, managing the air, particularly in the sanitary um, sanitation movements of the 19th century, but also in terms of how um, cities functioned in terms of their clean air, was crucial to the, the formation of the 19th century modern state. Beyond this epistemological concern with the relationship between air and governance, two other empirical issues really led me into the book. The first was a probably apocryphal account of an execution um, of a, a citizen of London in 1307. This citizen was decapitated, apparently for the offence of polluting the air, following the 1306 Royal Proclamation on the burning of sea coal. This seemed to be one very extreme form of environmental government. Moving forward some 700 years, we find that currently the British atmosphere is governed and managed through something called the Air Archive, the Atmospheric Archive of the Air, run by the British government. This takes 4 million readings of air quality around Britain every year. This didn't seem to lead to the same kinds of punitive forms of government that we saw in the certainly in the 14th century, but was a different style of government. And so the book really sought to chart what happened between these two different modes of governing the atmosphere. Let me talk now about the theoretical context of the book, having given you a bit of the kind of the broader context as to why I wrote it. Theoretically, the book is really framed by two conceptual traditions. The first is Foucault's work on governmentality. The second is what I would broadly define as the sociology of scientific knowledge. Foucault's work was really important to me because he argued that we shouldn't use the state, with a capital S, as an explanatory category to frame our analyses of political life. 
but in, instead seek to explore micro-political processes and power as a way perhaps of understanding how states come into being in a very contingent way. The sociology of scientific knowledge was also important to me because it placed emphasis on the role of scientific practice and devices in constructing knowledge. So putting these two theoretical traditions together provided me with a very useful way into considering how we know about the atmosphere and how, over time, we've come to govern it in different ways. Moving on from the theoretical context, just to talk about some of my methodological um, concerns within the book. While the book is a historical book, it's also, I'm very proud to say, a very geographical book. And it's geographical to the extent that while I studied um, archives that recorded different processes and practices of governing the atmosphere, I did so in what I describe as a very spatial sense, studying archives drawn from different municipalities across the UK, from different government departments, including the Meteorological Office, the Department for Scientific and Industrial Research. And my idea in doing this was to create a spatial history of atmospheric government and to use space as a way into understanding how we might govern the, the atmosphere and gain knowledge of the atmosphere in very different and diverse ways. This methodology led me into some interesting empirical findings. The book starts with an account of early smoke observers in the 19th century city and their difficulties of trying to observe smoke in an effective way. I move on to consider the development of effective forms of instrumentation for measuring atmospheric pollution and how often the operationalizers of these instruments were prone to break and damage them, making continuous observation of atmospheric pollution very difficult. My work gradually moves through a study of the, the creation of a national network of air pollution monitoring in the 20th century, leading to the famous 1961 to 1971 Atmospheric Pollution Survey. I also consider more recent attempts to try and use computerisation as a way of recording and controlling atmospheric knowledge. By way of conclusion, my book really, I suppose, drew out three broad insights. The first is that as an environmental geographer, we should take science seriously not just in a critical sense, but pay attention to the work of scientists in enabling us to know things and to govern them in different ways. Secondly, completing this book made me connect with an emerging form of geographical inquiry that could broadly be termed a concern with vertical territoriality, or the idea that perhaps the things that lie above the ground should be as much of interest to human geographers as those things that are on its surface. And I'm, this connects very nicely with Pete Aidey's recent book in this same series, um, Aerial Lives. But finally, in trying to understand the contingencies of how we know and govern the atmosphere in the past, I hope to destabilise how we understand and connect with the atmosphere in the present. And my book concludes by realising that what we know about the atmosphere is very contingent on science and government. And there are different ways of knowing and interacting with the environment perhaps through collective learning or other ways of, of gathering information. Thanks, Mark. If you want to buy Mark's book, details can be found elsewhere on the website.